The University of Maryland Global Campus was established to bring a respected state university education to working adults at home and abroad. 70 years ago, we sent professors overseas to educate service members and their families on military installations and on the front lines. Today, we're online because that's where working adults need us, that's where you need us. We'll support your commitment to being a successful student with services that fit your lifestyle, and we offer more than 90 programs and specializations for where you are and where you want to be. University of Maryland University College is now University of Maryland Global Campus. We go the distance because times have changed, but what we're made for hasn't. UMGC offers online support for veterans, including resources at the Veterans Resource Center, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, virtual advising, transfer credits, and lifetime career services. Speak to our dedicated military and veterans advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It's the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review where you get podcasts on your smartphone Device. We are brought to you by Elevate Fitness, Brewerton Ace Hardware, Rosie's Corner, and Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. Well, my next guest is crushing it right now. Just an unbelievable uh, uh, start and rise here uh, to his career. He's a part of the Nebraska Huskers radio network uh, as a sideline reporter. He played in the NFL for six years. He played at Nebraska from 2009 to 2013. He's now a certified NFL agent. He breaks it all down uh, and uh, is just killing it. I mean, that's all there is to it. It's Jeremiah Searles on Twitter, at Searles71 underscore HSKR Husker, at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Jeremiah, welcome aboard here, man. It's great to have you. Phenomenal. Thank you for having me. No doubt about it. I'm going to kind of jump around in the football world. Uh, I know just recently you became a certified NFL agent, right? So, uh, what what does that take to accomplish? You know, take take my listeners through uh, the uh, the crazy journey and and what's next. You know, do, do you start targeting people? Do you form your own network? What goes into it? Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing was for me once I got done with the NFL and I was kind of working on my transition to the next piece of life. I was thinking, how do I stay close to the game? But I, I really didn't have any desire to be a coach at the collegiate level or the NFL level. And this is a way for me, because what I love about coaching is the mentoring of young men. And so the, I thought as an agent, it would be really well for me to be mentoring of young men, but also helping them get into the business of the NFL, which is the craziest thing you'll ever do. And so going through the process, I was supposed to get certified in 2020. They have an exam through the NFLPA. But that just got basically axed because of COVID. And so I had to push everything another year to where I was studied for the exam over the, uh, the collective bargaining agreements, a lot of what it's over. And then I took the exam this August. 
I passed the exam. And so now I'm actually joining who was my agent. His name's Chris Giddings. He's out of Montana, uh, joining his agency. He was a one man show. And then we also have another partner coming on Zach Zenner, which he was a running back at South Dakota state who then played for the lions for five years and then bounced around his last year. And we're forming our own agency. And now is exactly like you said, we start targeting guys, recruiting guys, start trying to put it together a class for the 2022 NFL draft. That's amazing. Um, Nebraska, when you were there, you started playing. First time you put on the uniform, what went through your body? Chills. I mean, the, the first time you go there as a recruit, you see the end, and you just think, man, blue blood, OG college football, right? And then when you first come out there and run out in front of 90,000, and really when you're first going to go out there and know you're going to play, like my first start, against Western Kentucky. I'll never forget it. And you run out there tonight game and the, the energy that you feel. And when people say there's no place like Nebraska, sometimes people scoff, but like when you're there and you're in it, it there's really, I've played in a lot of cool stadiums. I've played in the NFL. I've played in college and there, there really is nothing like running out in that stadium for the first time. So chargers, Vikings, Panthers, and, and bills in the NFL. And, and now you see, the Bills, and I know you're very familiar with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, uh, what they're doing there. Um, what stands out the most to you between when you were with the Bills in 2018 to where they are now? You know, the biggest thing for me is the consistency. I think you look at Sean McDermott, you look at Brandon Bean, and you look at the core guys that they brought in when they first got there. And they haven't changed or they haven't wavered in what they believe in the culture for that program. And you don't see that very often in the NFL. You see a lot of times, sometimes talent comes over culture, right? We're going to bring in this guy because he's ultra talented, but he might not fit great, but he's going to help us maybe win. They stayed consistent to the guys that they brought in, the guys that they've drafted, the coaches on that staff with how well they want to build the culture around there. And you're seeing it pay huge dividends. I mean, I was on that 2018 team where Josh was the rookie and we went six and 10 and we weren't very good. And then they just continued to plug in players and plug in coaches and plug in guys that they felt fit the right mold of Buffalo. And they just consistently stayed the path throughout those last five years now, four years now. And it's been really fun to watch because I was there on the kind of ground floor of the rebuild and saw the foundation they were laying. And now you're starting to really see the benefits they're reaping from that. You know, it's an, it's amazing, obviously, the jump that Allen has taken. What, what did you see initially in him? Uh, it seems like most people said, you know, this guy, he, he's raw right now, but raw is good because he's a project. He's got the arm strength. Coaching can help him. He'll grow. But what, what was it that you saw in him there uh, in, in 2018? And what do you see when you watch him now? You know, the thing I saw about Josh is he wasn't the quarterback that came and was like, no, I'm a first-rounder. I'm going to go be a baller, and I just I don't need anyone else to tell me what to do. The dude was a sponge. I mean, he was trying to learn everything he can. He was, And I say this all the time, the signing of Derek Anderson in 2018 might be the least talked about, but one of the most important signings that Buffalo has ever had because they brought in a veteran quarterback who had done it all, played it all, And I think he really helped Josh develop. I think as a rookie, having that older presence in the room and teaching him how to watch tape, how to break down blitz protections, how to look at things from a different point of eyes than just a coach was really huge for his development. And I've seen him just develop year in and year out. You see the decision-making is better. You see he's getting used to getting rid of the ball. And all these things were just 
things that he had to learn. And he was so willing to learn them that I still see him today. It looks like he's still trying to learn new things and improve his game. And that's what you want from a quarterback that MVP caliber, but still has a ceiling, right? I mean, he still has, he still can, has reached his ceiling and the, the trust that he has in his guys and the way that he loves his guys is just so cool to see. And watching his development from afar has been something that I've loved doing because, again, I remember he was a 22-year-old kid or 23, and they handed him the keys of the car and said, don't wreck it. And now he's he's leading the ship in the right way. And so it's been really fun to watch. He's a certified NFL agent, spent six years in the NFL and played for the Huskers of Nebraska 2009-13, to 13, now doing great work with the sideline reporting as well. Uh, Huskers Radio Network, and you can get him on Twitter at Searle71 underscore HSKR. Uh, you know, Jeremiah, the Bills Mafia is a is a big-time, big-time fan base, huge group. What do they mean to you? Oh, they're, they're amazing. And I, I say it all the time, I miss Bills Mafia like crazy, and I need to get back up there for another game because – the thing I can compare them to is Husker fans, right? Husker fans are crazy people. They, they bleed for the red here, and Bill's Mafia bleeds for the blue and white. And I tell people all the time, like, when we would leave the stadium on Fridays after practice, like, there would be people tailgating in the lots. And we were 6-10. and 10. And to, I want to get back out there now that this team's doing so well. I can only imagine the craziness is by tenfold. But they just love that team so much. And the support for that team is so big and Orchard Park's not a, a boom in Metropolis, but man, on game day, everyone shows up and shows out and just love for that team. And so I have so much respect for Bill's mafia that through all the turmoil that they've weathered the storm and they stayed through it through the last decade. And now they're really starting to have that hope and that, and that go again, but man, they're just, they're a special fan base. Can you just go ABC real quick, Chargers, Vikings, Panthers, and just like, you know, a quick experience that you had with each of those franchises. What was it like with those three? Yeah, so the Chargers for me, number one, was I learned how to be a pro there from one of the best of all time in Phillip Rivers. Yeah. I was able to, to listen and be the sponge of learning how to do all things that meant being a pro from guys like him and Nick Hardwick. And I felt like I grew up a lot my first year in San Diego. And then I moved to Minnesota, and I felt like I had to – learn how to reinvent myself because as I got to Minnesota, I was playing different positions that I hadn't played. And I realized to get on the field, you have to reinvent yourself year in and year out, which is when then I learned how to play all five positions on the offensive line. And then obviously that 2017 season going to the NFC championship and having that experience was just absolutely incredible. And the things we went through um, that year with Teddy Bridgewater coming back and Case Keenum and Sam Bradford and just the adversity that we all fought through there. And then move on to the Bills. I had a cup of coffee in, in Carolina for that camp where I got to meet with the crazy cool dude of Cam Newton and Greg Olson and Christian McCaffrey and just pick their brains for a while, too. And then to go to the Bills for my last two years and experience the true rebuild of what a rebuild in the NFL looks like, because I had never been a part of that, was also a really cool experience that I wouldn't trade anything for. Do I wish you won more games? Absolutely. But the experience of learning what a rebuild in the NFL and the growing pains you go through with a young quarterback and building pieces around him and coaches being new and all that was really a cool thing that I'm happy I went through because it gives me a look into my experience now that I'm an agent of how I can help prepare kids to go through that, that get drafted by a rebuild phase or they get drafted by an NFC championship phase or they get drafted to a place that has veteran players like Phillip Rivers and, and Hardwick that I can now share those experiences and those knowledges to help hopefully give my clients a little bit of a leg up. 
What makes a great offensive guard? A great offensive guard is a mauler. First of all, you got to be, you just, you got to have that little bit of crazy in you. That's like, Hey, I respect you on the other side of the line here, but also if I hurt you, it's not my fault. Yeah. Like that's like you, your mindset's like, I want to beat this person up across me. I want to bury this person into the dirt two feet every time I can. And when I get the chance to kill a rib shot, I'm going to kill a rib shot. Like you have to have that mean nastiness to you a lot like John Feliciano has in my opinion and then the other piece too is the the guard the guard position is evolving in the NFL you're seeing more tackles that move into guard because the three techniques are starting to evolve into great pass rushers the Mm -hmm. the days of the three technique run stoppers are not really a thing anymore the three techniques are now the Aaron Donalds the Ed Olivers the Grady Jarrett's the Fletcher Cox's that are pass rushers first run blocking second so you're seeing the guard position develop a different way than it has in the past. You're seeing six six, six five guards now instead of the old six one, six two squatty bodies. And so you're really starting to see that develop too. And so it's be really interesting how that change takes place over the NFL in the next four or five years. You know, it's amazing you bring that up because not only the size changing on the O line, but you have the D ends are way different too. I mean you've got interchangeable guys. You have Micah Parsons who plays linebacker at Penn State for a long time. Now he's basically an edge guy in Dallas. Uh, guys are in and out all the time. You know, they're mixing uh, and matching. How would you, in today's day and age, block against that new wave of defensive, uh, you know, kind of what the Swiss Army knife here on defense? How would you go up against that? Yeah, so when you look at guys like Micah Parsons, Von Miller, Anthony Barr, yep. like those type of guys, you look at them and you have to think, okay, these dudes are linebackers in their core, right? Like when you go against stud defensive ends, Daniil Hunter, um, I think of like Miles Garrett and those type of guys, you know that they have the ability to run through you as much as they do around you. When you get a linebacker guy, they're not as comfortable just really putting their foot in the ground and going through your teeth. They can, but that's not what they want to do. When you have a, a, a faster guy on the edge, they want to not be able to let you touch them. They want to use their quicks and their speed. And so whenever I would play a guy like that, I just always made sure I set inside out on them. What I mean that is like, just don't give them the inside. Make sure that if they're going to try and run around you, you know they're not as physically used to being in those close quarter combats like normal defensive ends. You want to make sure you just don't give them that inside lane for them to use their quicks and get inside you, which is the number one path to the quarterback. Slow set them a little bit more, keep them inside out, and then once they get close to you, hit them with your hands and make them run the hump. And then hope your quarterback can step up because those guys, again, it's not natural for them to do it 40 times a game, 30 times a game. They are in there to make a splash rush with their quicks and hopefully try and get an inside move, which is what happens a lot of times because guys get so antsy of like, man, this is really a fast guy out here. They try and fly out of there in their set, especially a tackle. And they give up the inside because they're not used to having a guy that quick that can come back in. Now, I mean, Miles Garrett's the exception to that rule because he's a freak show. But, I mean, you talk about some of these young guys, like you really just set inside out and make them run the hump and push, have your quarterback push up. Okay, in, in college football, there's, you know, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, USC, Notre Dame, Florida State, Florida. There's a ton of great rivalries. Nebraska, Oklahoma, I remember when I was a kid, on Friday afternoons, they used to play each other every single year. And that was one of the terrific rivalries in sports before the whole realignment thing took place. 
Who who did you consider Nebraska's rival when you played, and who do you consider it to be now? Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to play two years in the Big 12 and three years in the Big 10. Okay. So I got to watch growing up, because I'm from Colorado, Nebraska plays CU every year. Oh. And, yeah. and that was one that, I mean, Black Friday, right? Day after Thanksgiving. Yep. And I remember watching that one all the time. And I that remember, game replaced the Oklahoma game, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That one replaced the Oklahoma game, and and so I always thought that that was my rivalry because I hate CU, always have, always <laughs> will. And so that was my big rivalry for them. And then obviously Texas was the one with the Big Twelve championship, one second left on the on the clock, right? But then as we transferred over into the Big Ten, they tried to force this rivalry of Iowa off the rip. Like you guys are rivals. It's like they've never played each other. We don't know anything about the black and gold baby brother next door. <laughs> and so. We ended up, I actually beat them three out, two out of my three years. They beat me on my last year. But that that's turned into the rivalry now. And I think a lot of that is just how close the games have been. Now, everyone's like, it's not a rivalry. Iowa's won the last five years, whatever it is. It's like, yeah, those games have been really close. And there's a lot of hate between Nebraska and Iowa fans now. And so I think that that rivalry has definitely flourished the way that the Big Ten wanted it to. But my first three years in the Big Ten, I thought it was Wisconsin. Because we just had a lot of bad blood against them. And they beat us our first year. We beat them our second year. And then they dragged us in the Big Ten Championship. And then we had a chance to beat them again. And then, again, I thought it was Wisconsin when I played. But I think as the Big Ten's developed more, it's become more of the Hawkeyes-Huskers rivalry. I don't know, and I'll end on this. I don't know if you have a relationship with or have ever met, spoken to, etc., Roger Goodell. But if you could have a sit-down meeting with him and talk to him about things that you want for players, you know, now that you're an agent, you played in the game, you played in college, you played at the highest levels. Um, what would be your message to him in terms of, Hey, I'm going to get a bunch of these guys. I'm an agent. They're going to be under my umbrella, but here's what I'd love for you to do for players, you know, during, during their tenure in the NFL. You know, the, the biggest thing for me, and I wish, I wish our players union would have fought a little bit more for it as this collective bargaining agreement is the insurance piece. Um, when you, you're a vested veteran and you retire, you get five years of insurance through the NFL. But then they basically kind of kick you out on your way and say, here's your hat, what's your hurry? And you're kind of on your own and you got to figure out, I mean, if you don't have another career, you got to go on Cobra and it's really expensive. And some guys that only played three years never made the poo-poo bucks. And that's hard. I think that there needs to be a program that allows, I'm not saying we need free insurance from the NFL, but I think the program to buy back into the NFL's insurance, like we were an employee would be well. And I think a lot of guys would, would take advantage for that just because we put a lot of wear and tear on our body and the ability to try and get stuff figured out. We have a lot of benefits, but just not having that insurance plan, I think, is a big one that I hope they fight again down the line in a decade when we go after the CBA again in 2030. And then the biggest thing is take this stupid taunting penalty away. Oh. Nobody that nobody that nobody asked for it. Get it out. Football's an emotional game. Let the guys be emotional. Now, there's a line that you can't cross, obviously, but some of these ticky-tack taunting calls are just ridiculous. I was just going to say, on that taunt, I couldn't agree more. That It's such a ridiculous thing they implemented. You know you know how I look at this, Jeremiah, with the taunting? Is you know taunting when you see it, right? I mean, if, right. if, 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 if a guy is down, he gets tackled, it was a great play behind the line of scrimmage, etc. The guy's, you know... 
the guy stands up and he you know does a shouting thing and goes a little bit nuts and maybe looks at the guy a little bit, then he goes away, that's not taunting. If he steps over a guy and stays at him and points at him, you're you're look come on, that's telling you that's taunting. You see you, you know, you know when you call it because you see it, right? I mean, these are not you you don't see these little ticky tacks. Oh yeah, that's taunting. Not once do you see that. You see when you see it, you call it. That's how I see taunting. I couldn't agree with you more. And the people that made these rules don't understand the emotions that flow through during an NFL game. Oh. I mean, when you when you make a big play or you make a, a like a long catch or a big pass breakup and it's the fourth quarter and you've been battling and the emotions that run through you you can't you can't even explain to people that have never done it. I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers. How long has that dude played the football or played the, in the NFL? And even he, after he scores that touchdown against the Bears, even like I blacked out a little bit mm-hmm. because so much emotion runs through you as a player that sometimes it bubbles a little out of control. And yeah, there, like I said, there's a line, and you nailed it. When you stand over a guy and you flex and you. Stand and you're spitting at them, yeah, taunting. But to show emotion is what makes this game so great. It's what makes this game so fun. And so taking that out is just—I mean—it's what the NFL stands for, right? The no fun league. And yeah. we need—we need to get that back in the game because fans like it. Because guess at, at the essence of it, we're entertainers. We're nothing more than modern day gladiators in the Coliseum when Goodell's sitting there saying, "Kill him or let him live," right? Like that—that's essentially what we are. So keep the emotion in the game. You know what? Can I sneak one more quick one in? I'm sorry. I I, I really want to ask you this. I'm always I'm always interested in former athletes when they make the transition into media. You played at Nebraska. You played in the NFL. You're on the Huskers Radio Network. You have to not only break down the game, but in some cases you have to criticize. How has the transition been? Is it, has it been hard to do that? It's been it's been hard because for me, I know what this program was when I played in it beating Nebraska and winning nine or 10 games every single year. And it wasn't a thought of, are we going to make a bowl? It was what bowl are we going to go to? Hmm. And so flipping to the other side of it now and being critical is, is hard for me, but at the same time, it also is what makes us credibility as media, right? Like if we go get beat up by Minnesota, like we did, and I get on the radio, I'm like, wow, what a great game. That was just awesome. Like no one's going to listen, but there also is a part of me that, I remember being in the media when listening to the media and hearing individuals get trashed, hearing people that got really upset and, and call outs. I don't believe any of that. Football's a team game. It's won and lost by a team. So I always try and make sure that I, I objective, but I never, I never let my emotion boil over too much in my analysis, which is sometimes that's the hardest piece because I still have that fan in me mm-hmm. of Nebraska and that fan that, boils mad as excitement or is just so upset that sometimes I have to check that. That's more the hard piece than actually talking about the X's and O's of it all. Well, that was an awesome answer, and this has just been terrific. Jeremiah Searles on Twitter, at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Go give him a follow. Certified NFL agent, super successful, doing great work on the Huskers radio network as well. Played at Nebraska from 2009 to 13 and spent six years in the NFL with the Chargers, Vikings, Panthers, and Bills as an offensive guard. Jeremiah, this was incredible. I can't thank you enough. I know how busy you are. Uh, it was just a, a terrific uh, a segment by you and a thrill for me to have you. Continued success your way, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have you back anytime. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely, positively amazing. 
ML Sports Platter brought to you by Rosie's Corner and Stanley Law Offices, as well as our great friends at Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare and Elevate Fitness. Get on over to Elevate Fitness today. Uh, get your membership. They've got the pool. I'm heading over there in a couple minutes, actually. Uh, get your membership for the pool, the uh, hot tub, classes, you name it. They've got it. Download the app today, Elevate Fitness Syracuse is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And I also want to mention a quick tip of the cap. Thank you to the Swan and Whitaker families and also Heather Saxon of Hunt Real Estate. She's awesome. Heather at Hunt on Facebook. She can help you if you're buying and selling homes in central New York. It's hard. It's time consuming. She makes home more than just a place. She makes it a feeling. Heather Saxon at Hunt Real Estate. Go with her today. Jeremiah Searles was amazing. I'm Mike Lindsley. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. And you can find the ML Sports Platter on Facebook, on Instagram, and be on the lookout for my ML Sports takes all over Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, IGTV, and other social media platforms. Really appreciate you listening. Please do download and subscribe to this show, the ML Sports Platter, where you get podcasts on your smartphone device and leave those five-star reviews and feedback as well. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Are you in excruciating pain brought on by your son, daughter, or spouse suffering from addiction? You are not alone. If you call Recovery Centers of America today at 1-888-RECOVERY, your whole family can begin to recover. At Recovery Centers of America at Capital Region and Bracebridge Hall, your loved one will be treated with care by expert addiction professionals, while family programming will give you support and healing so that you can recover as well. RCA accepts insurance, provides transportation, and offers intervention services. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. Lowe's Provember event is back. In celebration of pros, we're offering special values on top tools to get any job done right. Head into Lowe's and check out the largest selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories. Right now, you can get a guaranteed tough DeWalt 20-volt max bear tool free when you buy a DeWalt 20-volt max drill or impact driver kit. Shop in-store or order online. Lowe's, the new home for pros. Valid through 1-5 while supplies last. Selection varies by location. U.S. only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.